Hello and welcome back to the Latter-day Saint Nutritionist. My name is Zach Cordell and I am your host, Registered Dietitian Nutritionist. Now for this episode, we are going to be doing a recap of the most recent general conference. And for those of you that are not members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, general conference is where all the members of the church gather together to listen to the Lord's prophet and the Twelve Apostles. Um, we believe that just like in Christ's time, there are a, there is a prophet on the earth and twelve apostles, and the church is structured in the same way as it was whenever he was here. But after each conference, I do a little recap of things that I thought were interesting, that stuck out to me, and how it relates to a nutrition perspective. So, let's get cracking. This is Zach Cordell, registered dietitian and host for the Latter-day Saint Nutritionist, where food, faith, and science meet. This podcast is not intended to be individualized medical advice. As always, please consult with a medical professional in your area to make sure that your medical history is taken into account to make sure that you get the best care possible. So in the Saturday afternoon session, uh, Ulysses Suarez talked about how hope is, a, is an important part of the gospel. And that was like the big thing that stuck out to me from his conversation was that we have to have hope in order to really believe the gospel. And I think that in terms of our health, a lot of times we have to have hope that the things that we're going to do are going to be helpful in the long run. And too often we're just like, uh, yeah, yeah, it's whatever, it's not going to work. I've tried dieting before, doesn't happen, doesn't help. I don't lose weight. I just can't lose this weight. I can't be healthy. Healthy food tastes bad. But if you hope that there is a way for you to be healthy, then you'll still look for ways to be healthy. And so I feel like that's a, a pretty important part of health, just as it is an important part of our approach to the gospel. But Becky Craven was one of my favorites. So she gave the example of she walked past a store and saw a a sign that said happiness, $15. So she looked inside and uh, she was like, wait, so what could I buy that would make me happy? And too often we look for happiness in items that are cheap or temporary. They're not lasting. Oftentimes we'll do the same thing with our meals. We'll aim for meals that give us that immediate satisfaction, that immediate gratification of this is so delicious. This is just like melt in your mouth good. And I get it. This is especially true for people with low income or with a history of low income that is still impacting the way that they're thinking about society. You can't go to Disney, but you can go get ice cream. So why not get the ice cream? I mean, life might be changing soon. You might get a better job when you graduate. But right now, let's go hit up the four for four for Wendy's. So that's the way that we approach food because I don't know that I'm going to get to experience anything better. But just like with the gospel, in terms of our health, you can't necessarily buy health for $32 at the grocery store in a bucket of whey protein. You can't buy health on your QVC network whenever you see this new diet supplement that's going to help those pounds just melt off. But the struggle is real. The people that want to lose the weight, they're going to be looking for any type of way to lose weight. 
for people that want to be happy and they feel like they just can't get it, they're going to be trying to find things that will fill that void when maybe it's something bigger than what you can buy. Now, the other point that Sister Craven made was that she told a story of a train engineer who was traveling down the road and ended up hitting a car. And luckily, nobody was injured, but with the car, the people got really mad because the train didn't swerve. (laughs) So, I mean, if you think about it, that train's not going to swerve. And we get mad at McDonald's or the Sizzler or Ben & Jerry's because they're like, well, why would they be serving us this unhealthy food? And we can't necessarily stop those dietary juggernauts. We can not shop from there, but we can't control their companies. And yes, where we spend our money matters, but in reality, we are the ones that are in control of our car. We can't stop the train, but we can control what we do. And sometimes we try and shift the blame on other people while there are external influences that encourage us to behave certain ways. We're still in control of our lives, and that's kind of the point of this existence, right? Now, the other point that she made is that we're all in the process of change, so don't necessarily judge others whenever they're on their journey. Some people use their health or their weight or their youth as a badge of honor so that they can look down on other people. They get up on their diet ramyumptum and they say, we're so thankful that we're not fat or lazy or inactive like those people. But you have to recognize that you're only seeing people for a snapshot of their lifetime. You don't know them. You don't know their journey, their past, or their future. So it's better for you to choose to be supportive And understand that we're all trying to change. We're all trying to do better. But, like Brooke Hales said, the next speaker, uh, things don't always go as planned. And that's just the way it is. It's a matter of how fast we really bounce back. I'll talk more about this in a few minutes related to Gary E. Stevenson talking about planning ahead. But life is what happens to you on your way. Life isn't the destination, and it's the same with our health, right? Health is what you experience as an absence of illness. It's not a weight or muscle size, but it's the life that you're able to lead because you are not sick. So that's Brooke Hales. Next was Dieter F. Uchtdorf, and he talked about how in spite of and sometimes because of our persecution that we experience, we're going to grow. What I thought about during this was my dad had been sick for a while and he was in the hospital for an extended period of time. And there was one moment whenever he was able to come to church with us and he started tearing up whenever he heard the hymns. And if you haven't been to the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, sometimes whenever you listen to the hymns, you're like, is anybody excited about this? There's no hooping and hollering. There's no getting up and dancing and waving your hands. It's we sing and you sing because you're supposed to. But he was tearing up whenever he was hearing this. And he told me that it was just so good to hear the hymns. And I think that oftentimes we aren't grateful for what we have until we don't recognize that we have it anymore. And Elder Eyring talks about this all the time in in terms of being thankful and having a, a gratitude journal to help us recognize the things that we are thankful for. But Elder Uchtdorf said... He invited us to come and see, to come and help, and to come and stay. And he was talking about inviting people into the church, but at the same time, that's how we experience health too. So you you see what it's like 
to go to the gym or to kayak or to paddleboard or to snowboard or any type of physical activity it is that you like or you try new recipes and you so you're coming in seeing if you enjoy this or not then you start to help you decide well I'm going to try and make this on my own I'm going to try and do these things I'm going to try and implement these healthy behaviors and I'm going to encourage other people to do the same thing I'm going to I've started this walking group and I know my neighbor wants to get out and she's got a dog. So why not invite her to come out with me? And then the last part was to come and stay. So when we experience that health, it's not just a matter of like, oh, well, that was fun. I'm going to go home now. But that health is just part of who you are. And that's really what we're looking for, right? Is to change who we are rather than just what we do. Now, in the priesthood session, Gary E. Stevenson was talking about planning. And he said, plan ahead so that you know what to do when an occasion arises that might deter you from your responsibilities. And I feel like I've already discussed this in a previous podcast, so I won't spend too much time on it. But it's kind of the same idea of what we do in the holiday season, right? You plan ahead when you're going to parties. You think ahead when you're going to go out and eat. You plan ahead with snacks so that you don't get sidetracked and become the hunger monster filled with hanger, right? It's about making sure that you know what's going to be coming to the best of your abilities and plan ahead so that you can do your best within it. But then his next point was one of my favorites. It said, if you fail, repent, learn from it and practice. We all need to be a little bit gentler with ourselves. We think we all have to get it right, right away, but that's not how it works. If you think about it, if you've ever seen a child learn how to walk, they don't just stand up, and start hi-ho cheerioing it all over the room, dancing and everything. They they take it a step at a time, or they stand up and stand there for a little while, and then they sit back down and crawl to where they want to go, and then they stand up a couple days later, and they keep trying things out. And we're so proud of these kids. We're like, yeah, look at you. You're doing awesome. But whenever an adult tries to do something for the first time and they don't get it right, you're like, oh, yeah, don't quit your day job. But the reality is, is that we're all trying and learning and growing and it's not a problem to fail it's a problem to quit next up is carl b cook and his statement was we are all long shots in one way or another and and yeah i i think about this in a lot of different ways because we have to rely on hope like we were talking about before in order to get things to happen now my wife had to take a chance on me it was a long shot there my job had to take a chance on me because I didn't have too much experience. My mission president took a chance on me whenever he allowed me to go out and be a representative of the church. Uh, My graduate and undergraduate schools took a chance on me. The reality is is that we're all trying, and we could be a little bit more supportive of other people rather than trying to undermine them. And this is specifically true whenever you're looking at diets. Don't try and undercut somebody. Don't be like, oh my gosh, this cake is so good oh you would love this but I know you're trying to be healthy and you want to be like get back to your pre-pregnancy weight but oh man this is mm, I'd quit any diet for this which is what sometimes we do now Kimberly Clark who actually used to be the former president of or he is the former president of Brigham Young University in Idaho he gave the point that commandments cease to be rules we follow and we should just make it what we do. And that's kind of what I wrote about in my book, The Creation Code. If you stop trying to follow healthy rules and just do healthy things because that's who you are, then you're going to be better off. It's more sustainable. You're happier. You're healthier because you're not 
feeling like you're restricted. This is just the way that you want to behave. Now, the last one we'll talk about before we take a quick break is uh, Elder Eyring. This wasn't something that he said, but this is something that I kept thinking about while he was talking, is that we fought for freedom to choose. So we, we fought for the option, but now we just want people to tell us what to do. So you fight for freedom, and then you're like, ah, well, I don't really want freedom, but I want freedom to be able to have freedom, but I don't want freedom to be able to use freedom. And I see this all the time, and sometimes, I mean, I experience it too. You don't necessarily want to learn. We want to follow. We want to be given rules. We want to be given parameters. We want to be told what to do, what to eat, what to, where to go, rather than being able to be trusted to make decisions on our own. It kind of defeats the whole purpose. So let's take a quick break. Then whenever we come back, we'll talk about uh, some of the things that Otter Oaks talked about, President Nelson, and some other good stuff. So be right back. As a recap from our last conference episode, I wanted to share something that Elder Oak said actually. He said, we should be cautious about relying on information or advice offered by entertainment stars, prominent athletes, or anonymous internet sources. Expertise in one field should not be taken as expertise or truth in other subjects. And then if the source is anonymous or unknown, the information may also be suspect. I just wanted to remind you guys that that happened Because from a nutrition perspective, that's huge. There is so much misinformation out there. And with the internet, you can find anything. You can find somebody to tell you to eat dirt because it's going to help you. But you want to know that the person you're trusting with your nutrition information is going to be trained and has had training in anatomy, physiology, how the body works, how chemistry works. You just, (laughs) you would like for them to understand what the digestive tract is doing rather than, oh, well, I just saw this one girl and she ate 32 bananas a day and she lost weight, so that's what I'm going to do. So remember, expertise is helpful, but just because you look good doesn't mean that you are healthy. So that's it for our little break. Back to the general conference session in April. So in this conference, Elder Oaks talks about how the gospel encourages us to think about the future and that will guide our actions today. He said, some think, spend it today, enjoy it today, and take no thought for the future. And that's pretty true for our diet. Um, We can do this, but the future is going to come, or maybe it won't. And it might not be what you thought it was going to be because of your past behaviors. So it's important to to take thought for your future, to plan for the future, and to hope for the future. One of the stories that he told um, had to do with some people on a college campus. They're all sitting there and they're looking at at something. People are walking by and they see it and they're like, what's going on? They check it out. And there's this little Irish setter. It's this dog. And it's kind of laying down 
watching this squirrel. The squirrel doesn't know the dog's there, and the dog will try and creep up on it and whenever the squirrel's not looking. And eventually, the dog gets close enough that it can pounce, and it does. And it uh, starts to injure the squirrel, and everybody rushes in. They're like, oh, my gosh, stop that dog. That's terrible. I can't believe it's going to do that. But the point that he makes is that we all do the same thing in our own lives. You see somebody that has these behaviors that are like, that's not going to end well. You know, that's not necessarily the best dietary choice. Or maybe we could go on a walk tonight because we just kind of sit there and watch TV. We do these things, but we could make changes. They could have stopped the dog or told the squirrel or got the squirrel out of there at any time. But we're like, oh, this is going to be a train wreck. Let's see what happens. (laughs) But maybe we shouldn't just like wait to see what happens whenever you know what would happen is not what you want to happen. But this doesn't give you the right or it doesn't mean that you should go beat people down whenever they choose to get an Oreo and you're like, oh, don't you know what's going to happen to you? All right, this is just saying maybe we should be aware that we shouldn't just wait to see what happens whenever you know kind of what's going to happen. And he gave a reminder of his good, better, best talk where he talks about where we spend our time and how sometimes the good things can crowd out other options. I was thinking about that, and it's so true with our food, too, is that sometimes there's good, better, and best. And we only focus on getting the good rather than getting the better. And so that crowds out the healthier options for us. A lot of times people will go on diets, and the most common one now is the keto diet. And while there are a whole bunch of things that I could discuss with this. Whenever you're eating a lot of fat and you're eating a lot of protein, you're not necessarily focused on eating plants. And if you're not focused on eating plants, then you're not going to be getting the fiber or the vitamins and minerals that you need or the carbohydrates that can help with your brain to function. And so you have these good things like protein and healthy fats, but they're crowding out other things that could be healthy. So sometimes it's not what you're eating that's causing issues, but it's what you're not eating. We'll go ahead and jump into President Nelson. He discussed the root word of repentance and that it means to change your mind, change your knowledge, change your spirit, and even change your breath. And if you think about repentance in that light, where you strive to find a change, you strive to find ways to improve yourself, it's not just limited to what you what you believe of as covenant-breaking choices or sin. It's about what you do. We can repent of any number of behaviors, but it has to be coupled with faith. And President Hinckley talked about choose to be a little better each day. Now, we can repent about the ways that we treat our bodies because we can't re- progress without it, so why not appreciate it for what it's doing for us? Dale G. Renlund gave the example that people like to think that either work save you or you do nothing and you're just saved. But the reality is it's a little bit more nuanced than that. It's the same in in the health world is that people think that if you diet, you're thin. And if you're thin, you're healthy. It's more nuanced than that. It's not just about a number on the scale that's used for measuring health. It's more so what are the behaviors that you're doing. He also spoke about how 
most blessings require action on our part. And the action that's required on our part is pretty tiny when compared to the blessings that we would receive, but that ongoing repeated faithful actions are required. And I'm just going to leave that there for a second. Because I think this is so profound. Just to put it in a, a simpler way for my mind, that if we get the ball rolling, we get the benefits of the ball rolling. But we have to put in the effort to push the ball at the beginning. We have to spend a little extra time on the ball pushing. And people might think that we're silly for leaning on this ball, but it's an investment. And this is the truth for everything, right? We have to put forward an initial investment, and then you can get the benefit from compound interest, or for consuming polyunsaturated fatty acids, or from obtaining a college degree, or from taking that professional development, or from changing those diapers to see what that person can become in the future. So those little investments have these huge payoffs, but it's a matter of us having to make those investments. All right, so the last two I'm going to talk about, though, is Elder Oaks, and he talked about how repentance is a continued privilege. Now, from my perspective, we can change. Too often we think that we can't, and that's just the way that I am. That's how I'm built. That's how I behave. And the song Free Bird by Leonard Skinner talks about how this person can't change. Maybe Lady Gaga is a better example of maybe I was born this way. But the nice thing is, is that we can change. And that's the whole point of the atonement. There's no reason for us to put ourselves into a box whenever the Savior came to break the boxes so we couldn't limit ourselves. And the last thing, Brother, I believe it's VR, was talking about muscles and how learning about muscles does not grow them, but using them does. I think this is the perfect thing to end on. Because too often I have students who love to learn about nutrition. They love the class, but they don't do anything with the knowledge they've learned. They'll say, this is my favorite class. I've learned so much. I didn't even think that it was going to be interesting. I just took it for the credits, but it was just so cool. This is going to change my life forever. But they still wait four minutes for the elevator that's right next to the stairs. And they'll bring two sausage, egg, and cheese biscuits for breakfast during class or they'll have their $6 Starbucks drink, where they have the knowledge that those things might not be the best choices, and that they can make small changes, but they're not necessarily applying those behaviors. Knowledge without application doesn't really help anyone. So these have been my thoughts on General Conference, but I'm interested to see what you guys had that stuck out to you, because like I said, everybody has their own things that they think are important, and the Lord has his own ways of speaking to you. For more frequent updates and information, be sure to follow me on Instagram or Facebook at Zach Cordell RDN. I'll be doing a few Facebook Live videos discussing health topics and principles, and also let me know what stuck out to you. Now, just by way of preparation, our next episode will be titled Food Prepper, and uh, I'll just leave it at that. Whether you're thinking of meal prepping or food storage, this has been the Latter-day Saint Nutritionist. Have a great day, and we'll talk soon.